Wait, can I just share this with you guys before we end this? Because I just saw it on Twitter. Sure. Embiid posted on Instagram, Euro stepping our way through Minnesota, ended up raising the cap last night. Hashtag the process. Bro, you need to get in this Instagram group. We had a full conversation about this like two hours ago. The Towns comment? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, 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 what? The Carl Anthony Towns comment, he commented on it? Yeah, you didn't see that? No. Oh, no. Can't wait. Oh, okay, get great. out of here. Okay. Here's the good part. Carl Anthony Downs commented on it and said, the caption was as trash as your picture quality. And Embiid tweeted back, both better quality than your defense. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, roasted. <laughs> I do got to say one thing, okay, before oh we end. God. This will be the true last thing. Um, Embiid gets hella ticky-tacky fouls. I don't want to hear that shit. That's all I'm going to say. Wow. That's a superstar treatment. And that it, man, it's, that it's, was a terrible caption. And then th- Towns won that because ca- the caption was terrible. And then that comment reply back was awful. Roasted. And then it just, he just completely put him in a body bag. Right Roasted. there at the end. B, just still a king of social media. <laughs> I mean, I can guarantee. Can't king. I still don't know what his caption means, but he won that. He can, won that post. You don't guarantee. know what Raise the Cat is? No, what is that? Uh, it's, um... Is that like a Philly thing? Is that why I don't know that? Yeah, I forget who it was. Maybe it was Simmons when he wasn't playing last year. Somebody posted a would every time they won, post a picture of themselves holding their cat up in the air. Oh <laughs> yeah, that was Simmons. That yeah, was so Simmons. it became a thing. Hashtag raise the cat whenever they would win. That was a hashtag they would use. So oh, and, and beats. Yeah, well, player. I've only been a Sixers fan for a third of a season. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I can guarantee there's video out there at least two of Carl Anthony Towns in overtime just with his legs stuck on the ground with a backdoor cut for an easy basket. So <laughs> that doesn't help the case. But he actually, he actually played some deep and decent defense against MB down the stretch, but... I can't really sing. You're listening to the NBA Outsiders, hosted by Peter Kennedy, John Lucas Duffy, Justin Babb, and Frank Villani. My guys, there's been some good basketball this week. Frank, what you liking over there? Man, I've been watching watching a lot of stuff. Uh, the Knicks-Lakers game was a little sloppy, but it ended well for us and was just super entertaining. Uh, I'm more on my outsider stuff, though. I've been really bought into the Porzingis-Jen Selter storyline this week. Um... That's been, you know, piquing my interest, I guess. But even the Philly-Minnesota game was great. And even tonight, we just watched the Pacers take on the Thunder. Big revenge game for Oladipo and Paul George. And uh, it's been a great week, man. A lot of good matchups. For real, man. ESPN had the games Tuesday night, again Wednesday night. We're recording on Wednesday night. Those Rocket games are still going on behind us. I'm sure we all have it in the background. But some electric games, I mean... Tuesday night definitely won the battle because that OKC indie game was kind of ugly, no Duff? It was for sure really ugly. Like <clears throat> when Steven Adams is the dominant force in a game, it's not pretty. Not that he's not, you know, a great player, but that's he's getting 23 points, 13 rebounds, nine offensive rebounds, just really abusing the Pacers on the boards. I'm pretty sure we tweeted out from our account, which is at NBA underscore outsiders. There was a point where there was maybe four minutes left or something like that where Russ had nine points, Paul George had ten points, and Melo had 11 points. And they were winning. Uh, it's just like 
that is unheard of that they that they won that game. They played so bad. For some people, that says, well, they still stink, but they got lucky. Some people say, all right, now I'm not that worried because if they just click a little bit, like they're going to be better than this, right? But I don't know, Bab. How ugly was that game to you? Wait, I I tuned out. I was reading a something actually on NBA.com. What game are you talking dude, about? Dude, I'm so we, sorry. We just started. I know, and I'm, I'm, I was reading some stuff, trying to get into the swing of things, and you just threw that on me real quick. I mean, you know, sure, I, yeah. I, I bring up Frank, I bring up Duff, and there's only one other guy here that didn't talk yet. Like, would you? I uh, my see, my head was elsewhere, and my my ears were in the headphones, so my head should have been in there too. Well, whatever I asked you, I think is relevant. What were you What were you reading? It was definitely more interesting. Uh, I'm gonna be totally honest with you. I was reading an article about the Wolves Sixers game from Tuesday night. There's something wrong um, with that. We're talking about these Tuesday Wednesday games. Don't yeah, be Yeah, I was reading an article with that one. I mean, it was a great game. Um, they were talking about it kind of being an inter-con- interconference kind of rivalry in the making, potentially. Um, you know, they're both young teams. But, yeah, it was a good game. There was a lot of good games on the past two days. And, you know, like you said, we just watched the one earlier tonight. Yeah, man. I mean, the Lakers and Knicks, for me, just started the night off so hot. Uh, the last couple minutes, that stretch in the third quarter when I think it was like seven or eight straight possessions, the Knicks went back and Knicks and Lakers went back and forth scoring. Lonzo had some buckets. Porzingis hit some big shots. Like, that was electric. The Garden must have been so hyped up. And then there was no no turning around until, like, as soon as, as, soon as the Knicks-Lakers game ended, you got Embiid Cat going at it. And you know, even though they're both, like, nice nice enough dudes like they don't hate each other you know they want to take it to each other like you know that they want to show out no well they both they both think they're i think they both rightfully so think they're the best big man in the league in in each of their own eyes and i think they were trying to fight for that for that right to call themselves that you know yeah, and in these like NBA circles going on, you know, whether it be Ringer NBA stuff, ESPN stuff, like all, all over the place. Carlton Towns has kind of been getting crushed lately on his defense, uh, and his lack of you know focus or whatever it is, dedication to defense. And Embiid's pretty much outside of you know missing some games for rest here and there has been all positive from the media. You know, Frank, do you do you think though realistically that Cat is like fully aware of that? He knows he's been getting some heat, and like comes out a little extra hard. I definitely think he hears it. I don't know how in today's age you can't, especially a guy like him. Like, we know he's online, you know, so it's got to be getting to him somewhere. I think it does try and drive him, but like we we've said it earlier in earlier episodes on this podcast. Like, he has all the tools. He's just got to figure it out. And I believe he had a few blocks in the game against the Sixers, which is promising. Um, but man, that game was really fun to watch. Went into overtime and. I think we have a clear-cut picture of uh, whose teams the wolf is. Wolves are, I Jimmy's guess. team? Whose team? Hoomst? I think it's Jimmy's team. Whom's? Whom's team. <laughs> it's Jimmy's Wait, team. I, I believe it is Jimmy's, and I, I think this last week has really showed that. He seemed like he flicked a switch, and he's going up. Yeah, side note really quick here. So... The Wolves are still playing that eight-man rotation, and how many guys? They had four guys who played over forty minutes. Granted, the game went into overtime, but Towns played forty-eight minutes of a possible fifty-three, yeah. and Butler played forty-six of a possible fifty-three. So Dude, they're getting run into the ground. The starting lineup—it's unbelievable. And you watch that game, and it just looked like the 
the Wolves in the beginning of the fourth, like they came out pretty strong, like built a little bit of a lead. And then just as the game on, they just wore down, started making lapses defensively. Like until like the last five minutes of the game, they hold, they hold Ben Simmons to zero points. And then he, he scores seven in the last five, all of them the same way, cutting from like the right side baseline, right underneath the basket for like three back cuts, two dunks and a layup. That was an one, I think. And, uh, it, it it just became like really clear in overtime that they just really had no chance because they were just tired. Like they they just looked slower. Like it, like Jimmy Butler had some clutch threes, but it looked like he was laboring through it. And this is what I've been saying is we looked at our old over unders and the notes that we had. This is like late September, early October. Is Tibbs done or finished? Like. That dude's finished. I he he should lose this job, and then he should never get another job in the NBA. As I don't know what who, is who else should play though. Like who else plays on that team? Dude, like, it's, is, is it's, it really him? It doesn't. It doesn't well, matter though. Like it's early us. December, late November, like mid December. You you don't go to an eight man rotation where you got play guys playing almost fifty minutes. Like this doesn't make any sense. I mean. LeBron James consistently plays the most minutes. He's LeBron James, though. And I understand, really, but guys guys of a he, similar position, like Andrew Wiggins and Jimmy Butler, I expect to have high minutes. The Carl Anthony Towns thing, you probably have to rest your big men more. I'll give you that. But, like, what else is he working with? He's not really working with much. It, does, it doesn't matter. You have to work those guys in. You have to stagger minutes so that you it, – it's a good way to just artificially add depth to your team is to stagger your starters, which – they don't really seem to do the Thunder literally never do it. They did again tonight. They had all five bench players out. That was actually how they won the game because Russ, Paul George, and Melo did nothing. But it, it's a random game against a like I, like obviously for the storylines it's cool and the players involved. But if you look at a big picture, it's just some random early to mid December game against a team that's not even in your conference. So why are you going to an eight-man rotation? I mean, been, but it's not just for that game. They've been in an eight-man rotation so, for right. most so of the why season. Why are you consistently doing that? They're going to run out of gas by the end of the season. Like if they make the, they're going to make it to the playoffs, but they're going to get in there. I'm, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you on that. But I'm just saying, like, who else plays on that team? Like, who, who else can he put in there? I know you're saying you could stagger lineups and all that, but like, still, if there are not 10 guys in that team who are f- capable of playing at the NBA level. It's not going to help the team by playing them. Well, then that's Tibbs' fault, too, because he's the coach GM. So, But I think it's going to not help. Yeah, was, um, which is what I'm saying. I'm not saying you know he's not at fault, but I'm just saying for that specific thing, like it's kind of tough to play more than eight people if you really only have eight guys that can play. But, Dude, but if you throw in if you throw in two guys and they give you decent production and that saves your, your superstars' legs for the last – 10 games of the season, 15 so games of the season. Name one guy like, that they don't play that could do that. That's like what I'm they, saying. They, they don't have, have guys. They have I, Aaron I don't Brooks, believe they do. Shabazz. I mean, there's guys on the roster. Put them, like, yeah. put, them on the, put them on the court. Literally just put people in. Literally. Just, and if they give you anything besides minutes, that's just a bonus. The names are Shabazz Muhammad, who only plays 11 minutes a game, which seems like he can handle a couple more minutes a game. But he only gets He got the minutes. coach's decision, did not play. Yeah, Aaron Brooks uh, plays like less than five minutes a game and has only played in 11 games so far this year. And then Cole Aldridge and Marcus George's Hunt get DMPs every single game. Like, I think what we're saying is, you know, one game at the end of a quarter, end of a half, like, just throw out Cole Aldridge for like four minutes. I don't know, three minutes. Just help, like, 
help get a little more rest. You got to figure out minutes something. at the end of quarters makes a huge difference because instead, like it says that he only played two minutes, so Jimmy Butler sat for two minutes. But it, then you get the end of the quarter break, and then maybe someone calls a timeout at the end of the half to draw up some kind of play. And so as you you're you just steal extra minutes like that, and it makes a big difference when you're if relying, you do that every game. When you're relying yeah, I, on, I mean, Taj I, Gibson, I get what you guys are saying. I'm just. I guess personally less concerned with these young guys playing a lot of minutes. But you got to be concerned down the road. If, but also, if you're if you're worrying about Taj Gibson, I mean, not worried. If you're banking on him playing 34 minutes a game at age 32 of him playing for a long time and always always showing up like that, that guy's almost leading team in minutes. The whole starters average 34 minutes or or more. Like that means you have no depth. Jamal Crawford's and not him, very good anymore. Gibson Georgie and Jack. Butler all played for tips. Yeah. Yep. In Chicago. So this is not new for them. Their whole careers, they've just been grinding minutes. I'm least worried about Butler, honestly. I think long term it would be it could be bad for Cat. And I think uh Wiggins, well actually I'm not really worried about Wiggins either. But yeah, Cat, I was gonna I say think, I'm not worried about the wing guys. I'm more worried about the, the big base. Man. Yeah. yeah. They're big banging man. inside against Embiid all game and stuff like that. I'm trying to pull yeah, up this article. Probably Cole Aldridge has also shown and I mean he's always on really bad teams, but he shows that he is actually, like, competent enough to play at least five minutes a game. Yeah, so instead of playing Cat, like, 48 minutes, that's obscene in, in an overtime game or not. That's a ton of minutes. Like, put Cole Aldridge in for, for three minutes, four minutes, save Cat a little bit of time. Like, I don't know. I think he could do that. I'm looking for I an article. I think he's hurting his I, team not. I, I can't find it right now, but I'm, I'm like, 94, 94% positive this is what it was. It said something about how many people have played 3,000 minutes in the NBA over the past couple of years. And it, it was kind of staggering how much it's declined since the whatever the first benchmark year they used. And last year, only three players played 3,000 minutes, I think. It was like James Harden and then Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns. So no one, <laughs> no one plays that much. And James Harden obviously showed that he was shot in the playoffs by the second round too. So I don't know if it's the right formula. I don't know. It's, it's just tough to see... Tibbs put all these young guys with so much stress and so much minutes, and it's not even specifically leading to success. That's why it's also frustrating. I agree. I think back in the day when everybody played all the time, it, I guess it was like a gradual bell curve for everybody. So by the end of the season, everybody was kind of on their weary legs. But nowadays, the teams that rest up have a clear advantage towards the end. So everybody's got to start you know, playing to that or you're going to be at a disadvantage automatically. Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough. And you know, it's so weird. The teams we were so excited about, think about who we talked about all offseason. Timberwolves, Oklahoma City Thunder. We talked about uh, the Sixers. Some feel like they're doing better than others. The Minnesota are doing the best out of those three. They're all kind of uh, settling down a little bit. I mean, the Thunder never really took off, but the Sixers are on a little slide right now, even though they just beat the Timberwolves. Timberwolves, even though they're sixteen and twelve, who are they really impressing? Like it's kind of weird. I don't know. The middle of the West and the middle of the East are a little confusing to me, and I still think we're waiting for more separation. I'd agree, but yeah, I also think that's the, coming. I also think that separation is coming. I think it's just going to take some time. Still, I don't think a lot of these teams have found, you know, a third of the way through the season their identity, their stride, and I think that separation is going to come. Still, there's no doubt. Well, we shall see. and We're going to talk more about these teams. I'm sure they'll pop up here and there. Uh, real quick, though, I want to mention the NBA Outsiders today are going to do something a little fun, have, have some fun with our old picks. You know, we have to hold ourselves accountable. 
First off, we actually all made our picks for the game against the Thunder. I'll get to that in a minute. But on this podcast, for most of the rest of it, we will be revisiting our over-under picks from both the West and the East. And what we're going to do, we're going to look at it, see uh, see which ones we all look like we're going to get right, which ones we might all get wrong. And then we're each going to take what we're going to get to do one do-over, is that right? And then one do-over and then one double-down. So we're going to be able to change one to see if a team uh, changed our minds at all. And then we're going to have the, ch- the chance to double down on a team, basically say, I'm so confident they're hitting the over or under, yada, yada, yada. Pretty simple concept. Uh, but I do remember some good one. First off, Frank, how do you want to handle something like, I know you were high on the Nets, and they have their two best players injured. So how are we handling those situations? Uh, I'm going to exclude them just because, first of all, it's the Nets. And I know it was one of my locks, but I feel like injuries is kind of like an unforeseen thing when you're predicting. So I'm going to try and avoid the injury-riddled teams and go about it that way. Well, then on that note, why don't we just exclude the Celtics because they lost Hayward the first game of the season? Nope. nope. No, because they didn't Sorry. lose their best player. How about that? Yeah, and I got that one right, so we're definitely not skipping that one. <laughs> oh, so wait, are you showing that you're doubling down a little bit? Oh, yeah, big time. I'm doubling down on the Celtics. Right. They were over-under. It was 55.5, for those who don't remember. I was the only one who took the over, and I was the only one who locked it. So if they go, I, I, I did this math with Bab yesterday. If they go like 500 the rest of the season, they hit the over basically. Or yeah, if they go 500, they're like a half game under the over. Or they're one game over. So they, literally, if they play 500 ball the rest of the way, I'm right. So that's a lock. Unless like their whole team dies. Wow. So you're starting off telling us one of your locks. You're doubling down on the Boston Celtics. But, yeah, so that's that's pretty simple. That's how it's going to go. But real quick, I do want to revisit that uh, little game pick we had tonight. So we put it on Twitter. We said that we're holding ourselves accountable because we're picking this game before tips, and we wanted some people to send in their replies as well. But just to quickly recap our picks, we are uh, split down the middle. Two outsiders were correct. Two outsiders are wrong. Uh, Frank? Congratulations to you and I. We picked OKC, baby. Hey. Bullin. Yo, Duff and Bab, how does it feel to have no pride, by the way? Yo, here's the thing. You guys may have just won that pick, but me and Duff went through some stuff. We did some digging. Let's just wait until we get to the over-unders before we start celebrating Pete and uh, Frank's victories right now. Whoa, wait, are you... Yeah, that's a little soon for a victory lap, my guy. Are you guys pitting yourselves against us right now? 100%. 100%. Because we're Whatever <laughs> you look, Pete, you did this to yourself. You chose Frank, so you automatically knew what side I was going to take. Well, unfortunately, it, y'all were both wrong. You said tonight, Duff, that Indy was going to win by double digits. How do you feel look, about that? You know what? Steven Adams has got to put up 23 points, nine offensive rebounds for that to happen. You, you just tip your cap and you move on. Cause yeah, so, so Steven Adams has a good game and you give up, feel you. <laughs> Unforeseen. Good, 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 uh, good philosophy there. I'd love to play under you. Look, the it, the Pacers they did a lot of stuff right that the, tonight. They did a lot of stuff right. They held like co- combined shooting between what what uh, Westbrook, George, and Anthony. They went ten for forty three. Yeah, but like that. And uh, in my eyes, arguably, it makes them worse. It makes it even worse for the Pacers that. Literally all three of the quote-unquote big three for the Thunder 
didn't show up and you still got outplayed. That's pretty bad. Dude, it just Steven Adams is not gonna go off like that every night. If you if Steven you Adams tell if you're missed, going into Steven the game, Adams if hasn't missed more than three Frank, shots if, in the game in over a week. But how many like, shots he's did he get, on? Though? Frank, how, he was, if you, he was if you're going into the game, and he was like eight of ten. Then no, he's, he's actually had some high-scoring games. You're missing the point. If you, you are. If you're, if you're, no, no, no. You, the point is that you're wrong, up, Frank. The point is that you're wrong, Duff. Yeah, seriously. Like if you go into that game, your wrong pick. I'm telling you, die on the hill. I'm telling the Pacers that you get. Melo gets 12 points. Paul George gets 12 points, and Westbrook gets 10 points. And then you don't know the line for any other player. And you know that's the situation at the end of the game. You're gonna take that. You take that ten times out of ten. You're thinking you won that game. You're thinking they, you won that game. They you held all those guys under 15 points and shooting 25 percent from the floor. And they, but they didn't. didn't. But win. they didn't. Exactly. But they didn't. Because Steven, Steven Adams had a big game. And you tip your cap and you move on. They executed their plan for the most part. They just and just Adams. Had himself a night. What are you going to do? Well, joining Team L over there is one of our uh, followers and listeners. His name is Chris Spellman, at SpellDaddy15, friend of the show. He tweeted at our tweet saying, Indy by three, hope he wins that pride. Uh, Chris? You no have pride. No, you have no pride, too. <laughs> we, but you still have my respect, Chris. Yeah, join the squad. We, we do occasionally bet money, but betting for pride is it's worse because oh, when, you, yo. when you lose, you just feel more empty than you already did before. Totally neutral observation, too. I really feel like the booing from Indy's fans affected Paul George at least in the first half. Uh, at I mean, least he shot in the first hor- half. He shot horribly, right? Like, and on. he had bad turnovers. It was he, They were getting to him. They were getting into his head. Half of them were wearing his jersey and booing him. I was really confused. Yeah, that, <laughs> I noticed that, too. That was totally bizarre. Did, what, what was that one? I sent you guys a... A post from Instagram of some poster that a, a fan at the game was holding up behind Paul George after after the game, like uh, or or no, he's sitting at the bench pregame. It said, uh, "Pacers fan holding this up right behind Paul George." You wanted better teammates. We needed a better leader. Those people, they're salty out there. That kind of sounds. They're, I did not real like I totally. Not that I didn't realize this is a revenge game. I just didn't realize how much Indiana fans hated him. I think I the, mean, or, or, like the how revenge was for the were. fans. Because you think, you think they would be like kind of okay with it because you look at Oladipo and Sabonis, and they're just playing so much better than you could have even hoped. They were well, seeing they, expectations across the board. No, yeah, they love what they got back. But, like, I mean, I think that Simon's trying to say they, they, they consider Oladipo a leader on that team. But, yeah, um, yeah they, I mean, I think they have a guy. Yeah, it's it's fair for them to be salty. You know, the best player that they've had in a while just bounces. Oh, I on. understand it. I just forget I mean, how seriously Indiana takes their basketball. It's because it it's like the high school or it was the high school basketball like capital of the world. I think it still holds the record for most fans at a high school basketball game. Is yeah, Oladipo like, a better leader than Paul George? I don't know about that, but like I feel like the whole thing for this is just. The the hate is misdirected. Like, yeah, maybe he didn't want to come back, but y'all traded him. Like, how are you going to be mad for a guy for getting traded? Yeah, well, he least, wanted to get out of there. Yeah, but at the same time, like, back for him, and it like honestly, it, it worked out for them. Yeah, so I mean, about it. I, yeah, like it's the same thing. Like, I I'm so much happier that the Knicks got rid of Melo and we got something in return, and the something's looking like something then just let him play out his contract and walk like Paul George is going to do anyway. Like 
feel like they got a good deal and they're still upset about it. I don't know. It's weird. Well, I mean, when when you have, even though Old Depot's doing so well, Paul, Paul George is still Paul George here, right? So even though you got a, a good girlfriend now and you look at your ex and she looks great, you're like, oh, shit. So I think that's kind of what's She's, going on. She still didn't want you, and that still hurts. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, Duff. That's perfect. Um, so what we got to do, we got to get on with the show here. Duff, you gave a little tidbit into your over-under lock. You're doubling down on your own lock. I didn't know that was possible. But you locked up preseason Boston Celtics over 55 and a half, and you're doubling down on it? Oh, 100% I'm doubling down on that. Okay, well, I'm glad. Uh, you already said that. Do you need to back it up any long more? Or... Because uh, you know, the floor is I mean, Jason, T- Jason Tatum is the best rookie from the 2017 rookie class. He's not going to win rookie of the year because that's going to be Ben Simmons. But he's making over 50% of his threes. His defense, he's gotten, he, he's like twice, he's like 10 times the defender he was in college and twice as good as he was over the summer when he was playing nobody's. He looked terrible. And then all of a sudden he gets in, you know, I guess the Stevens system and he's got good guys around him that, you know, tell him what to do and whatever. And him and Jalen Brown are going to be a problem for the Eastern Conference for a long time to come. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun to watch those those two guys get better. You have any shout outs from Marcus Smart? Uh, Marcus Smart, I love when he shoots threes late in games, but I hate when he shoots threes late in at, games. <laughs> at any other point in time from anyone. <laughs> no, so you actually like when he shoots threes late? He hits them. I swear to God, I've been I've been hearing about this for a couple of years about how he hits these random clutch threes at the end of games, and I haven't really been watching the Celtics too much. And now this year, I've been watching them a lot more, and it's like it's a hundred percent right. It's so bizarre. He's just he's got that clutch gene. Bab, what's that? For two pride points, what is the word people use to call someone like Marcus Smart who hits those late shots? For two pride points. Uh, I mean, cold-blooded, what do you, what do you right. want me to go with? There's options. That's a good one. That's a good one. You get one point. I was going to say a gamer. He's been okay. Called, he's been called a gamer since Oklahoma State. I feel like Marcus Smart has always just been like, yeah, man, tough, grit. The guy's a gamer. That's his scouting Dude, report. Coley Mick from uh, Barstool always says he's a power forward in a shooting guard's body, and I totally agree with that because he just bangs. He's so strong. He's He's so physical, but – his guard play and decision making is not tremendous. And then sometimes it's just like, wow. That was sometimes that, he that just drills a three. <laughs> yeah. All right. With so, the game on the line. Duff, let's ha- let's do this. For your Eastern Conference, why don't you take us through your second pick? So you're you're doubling down on the Celtics, sticking with the over. What's what's your change up for the Eastern Conference? What are you uh retracting? My change up right now. I took I took the over on the Miami Heat at 43 and a half games. I'm definitely switching that to the under. I'm making I'm hard U-turn to the under real quick cuz what, what I have heard not like have you heard anything about them in the national media at all? They just are so I watched like one game and it was like so boring. They don't have any like superstars. They don't really have like a ton of good player, like ton of young talent to look forward to besides you know, Whiteside kind of is what he is. And then Winslow, like, hopefully he makes the leap. And Deion Waiters is fun in clutch time, but that's about it. Like, I think the only thing I've heard about them in the past weeks is, like, I think they randomly beat the Warriors on one night. But I'd agree. I haven't heard anything else besides that. And Hassan Whiteside is actually hurt at the moment. 
Mm. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Shit, all right. I guess I can't change it, but there's, there's other teams. And I'm not going to say it. Right, do no, it. No, no well, change. Let, let, us run, let us run through ours, and if uh, yeah, yeah, we yeah. don't pick up the one you're going to say, you can shout it out towards the end. Totally uh, miss this one. So you're you're switching up. You're taking the under now on the Heat because 43.5. I mean, they're... They're just so underwhelming. There's nothing super impressive about them, except for Wayne Ellington hitting, like, seven threes or something like that last night. Um, <laughs> Frank, I'm going to hop over to you, though. You can go double down or retraction first. I don't care. Just do All right, thing. word. I'm going retraction first. Uh, I'm looking at this right now. These are early September picks, and we were kind of iffy on the mellow trade and Enos Cantor and McBuckets. And I got an under on these Knicks right here at 30.5. And I'm 100% switching that. Uh, we're going over that. No doubt about it. I was the Chris only Epps. one, baby. I was the only one out of the four outsiders uh, over yeah. on the Knicks. Chris Stapps, Porzingis. Uh, I won't even lie. I didn't know if he was ready to step up and be that number one guy before the season. But hell yeah, he is. So I'm going to switch that up and take the over on the Knicks. You know what's crazy? Like ha- I heard Ramo- uh, not Ramona Shelburne. Uh, maybe it was actually yeah. Ramona Shelburne was on Zach Lowe, uh, the Low Post podcast just this week, and she basically said the the, seg- the statement that the NBA changes so fast. How you know everyone's reacting to this trade one way, and then literally two weeks later, it's almost like we forgot that first train of thought. Like, I think now after what twenty something games for the Knicks, we forgot how kind of little of expectations we had for Game One of the season. Like we were yep. excited to see KP do it. But we didn't know if he could, and then all of a sudden, boom, 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 he rattled off all these 30-point games, and we're like, yo, this guy arrived. He's here, and now there's no looking back. Like, there is no more low expectation for Porzingis. Is that fair yep. to say? Like, Bab, do you think do you think that could come back and bite him in the butt, though? The fact that there is no more of those... Like, the fact that there's like expectations now? I think you can parallel this to your situation with Simmons and Embiid. Like before the before the year, Simmons' expectations were semi weathered because he never mm-hmm. played yet. Embiid with the health, it's still semi weathered because you never know. Like do you see that with Porzingis too, now that he took off with on this launching pad to start the year? That like Well, now- I don't think I just don't think there's as much of a risk when it comes to Porzingis if you want to compare it to like the Philly situation, like I think he's taken off, and I can't see much right now, barring something that you don't even want to think about, that'll slow him down. Like, I really – I think he's going to keep going. I, I don't know if anything's really going to be able to bring him back from kind of where he's launched himself to at this point. He's just tearing everybody up. For yeah, real. man. I say it at the end of every podcast. You can't guard a unicorn. Mm-hmm. It's true facts. So and that was – I mean, I was going to go with you, Frank. I was going to change my Knicks pick because a couple – I went under with you. But, uh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're I, looking I had a lot that one better. for all of us. Me, me, you, and Duff. I had yeah. that one for all of us. Yeah, good choice, for real. <laughs> Too bad you guys didn't pick over like someone else on this podcast. Yeah. Dude, I picked – people don't know this, but we, we did like a dry run podcast, like a practice one before we ever put one out, and I had the Knicks at an over – for that, the podcast the, – this is, this is the secret tapes. When we make it famous, the, then we'll release it. But uh, but on that original podcast, I had the Knicks over, and I switched it to the under. Sad. Wow. Wow. You blew it. Should have gone should've... my gut. I'm afraid. Yeah, man. Well, you know, you also got to think how many switched that were right. That's a beta move to switch your pick. Yeah, it is. Definitely. <laughs> 100% is. That. is. <laughs> uh, that's so um, true. So I guess we'll go for my double down now. Um, I'm looking through this real quick. 
I'm going to double down on my over for the Detroit Pistons. They were at 38 and a half. Um, I believe they're still in the top half of the Eastern Conference as we speak. And they just look like a complete team in terms of, you know, the rest of the Eastern Conference. What's um, the tiebreaker for seeding? Because they're tied with the Knicks right now. Conference wins? Probably, maybe head-to-head. Who knows? Yeah, I'm just wondering because it looks like they're tied. But continue. Um, but yeah, I'm going to take them because Avery Bradley's been a bright spot. Tobias Harris has been playing really well. Uh, we said it earlier on podcast, Drummond seems to figure out the free throw a little bit more than he had in the past so he can play down in crunch time. Um, and I've always been a Stan Van guy, so I'm going to double down on that. I think you know they've been play. in like an absolute free-for-all, right? They've yeah. lost seven straight. Yeah, I'm still cool with that. I still believe in the pieces they have and my man Stan Van. Yeah, that was a tough stretch for them too, actually. They've lost they had, seven straight. Yeah, they had the Wizards they at at the Wizards, at the Sixers, at the Spurs, at the Bucks, home for the Warriors, home for the Celtics, and home for the Nuggets. That's, that's a tough, tough stretch. stretch. Yeah, that's a tough stretch. So I uh, I'm gonna stick with my pick there. I'm gonna I'm gonna lock that in. They're gonna get more than thirty eight and a half wins. Quick sidebar, uh, we talked maybe last week or the week before about the Pistons and whose teams that was or is or whom's this teams is that it is. Uh, <laughs> we all said, well, you all said Drummond. I actually said Avery Bradley, and then I kind of like I kind of walked back on it and said, you know, I kind of said that to play devil's advocate. I kind of believe it, but I'm not convinced. And then I saw during this losing streak, there was a couple games where Andre Drummond like had single-digit points. Like He had a five-point performance. I'm pretty sure he had another one that was like eight points. And I have such a hard time putting trust in a team where their quote-unquote best player, the person whose teams it is, has single-digit point performances like semi-regularly. Like, I, I just can't I can't foul imagine trouble. that team ever being good. Like, that could. Yeah. Foul trouble. Like, I don't know. If you put, if you put a series <laughs> up to me with even, even the Hornets right now who have had their fair share of struggles right now, like, I'm taking the team with Kemba even if the rest of the team isn't as good because, like, in a long seven-game series, who's getting these buckets for the Pistons? Like, when it comes down to it, I don't know. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. in this seven-game stretch, this losing streak, he's averaging 12 points. But, but he rebounds, on, but 12. On the, season, on the season, he's averaging 13 and a half. Like, he's never yeah. been the guy that's going to go out and get you buckets, like, on the regular consistently. That's not the player. He's, he can't create his own shot, and... He's not. He's not. He's just not that type of player. I think you need to get that type of player around him that can get his own. But I mean, he's going to go out there. He's going to get you fifteen to twenty rebounds. He's going to pull in every board in his vicinity, and, and he's going to play good defense. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's who he is. He's not the guy that's going to go out there and get you buckets. He's still the piece they're building around and playing around. He's still MIP, most important player. And he has is actually he good, been is he the ball. good he's enough to build around though? That's what I'm saying. Maybe, though. maybe not yeah, for a champion. Maybe not for a championship team, but I do think he's good a enough to be a playoff he's, team. He's good enough to be a piece of a championship team. So you don't want to, you know, Definitely. you don't want to just sit on those assets lightly when you have them. You know, like this might like, sound a little like crazy. Like the Knicks right now. Like the Knicks right now. Like Chris Porzingis. Um, yeah, he's playing great, but is this going to necessarily lead to championship success right away? No, I probably need more guys in there to do more stuff before they're considered that. So, you know, you take it for what it is. I mean, you, get, yeah. you, you got to grow gradually. It doesn't happen overnight. All right, let me say this. It might come off a little of a bit of a hot take here, but according to uh, our good friend, listener, Chris Spellman, on our recent podcast review on iTunes, 
we're a big hot take podcast according to him. So I'll go, I'm gonna ride with it. Like how how different is Andre Drummond than you know a younger Tristan Thompson or a more athletic Dude, Tristan Thompson? Dude, I was Thompson. thinking like, the same thing. How different? This might sound actually crazy, but how different is Andre Drummond than like if Zaza Pachulia was actually just like a really good athlete? Like they're they have the same skill set. Like yeah, he's like a little bit better than Tristan Thompson. Like well, my. My only response was going to be that he's more physically gifted. And yeah, that's all like, he has. Like he has no skills. But but so what? When you're that big, it doesn't matter. Look at Dwight Howard. The dude was the best player in the skills. league with Ari. Dude, he's been crossing up everyone this week. Okay, this, this year, but not, not when, he, when he, dude Dwight when out. he was in Orlando. No, stop. Shut the fuck up. and toasting. Shut the fuck up. Whoa. Um, Dwight Howard Jesus. literally was just a guy who could dunk on a 12-foot rim. So you just throw the ball in the sky, he catches it, and he dunks it. And he also grabs 18 rebounds a game. And he's potentially Defensive Player of the Year every year, which yeah. is something you get out of a guy like Drummond because he is so big and is such a spectacular athlete. Except by this like time Zaza in Drummond's Pachulli, career. You can't, slide a, you can't slide a piece of paper under his foot when he jumps. And, yeah, he's a decent rim protector. He but might he'll be never as good a be, defender as Drummond right now. Like overall, but he's not as good a rim protector, like shot blocker. Dwight, and Dwight Howard whenever, at this point in Drummond's life, like Dwight Howard was carrying a team to the finals. Like he was getting twenty something points a game with yeah, the back Dwight to the basket, Howard, bodying people. Dwight Howard is as far ahead of Andre Drummond as Zaza Pachulia is behind Andre Drummond. Like Dwight Howard was whatever physical gifts like that Drummond has over someone like Pachulia or Thompson. Dwight Howard has had even more athletic ability than the likes of Andre Drummond when he was at his peak. I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm saying when you have a big guy who is a special athlete, you don't just, you, you build around it because it's not something you find easily. That's all I'm trying to say. No, I, I hear you. I hear you. I'm just, I'm just hard pressed to say the Pistons are impressing me. I've, I've been saying it all year. I don't understand them. I don't know if I could trust Reggie Jackson you know, and I don't know if I trust Drummond as a top tier player on my team. So I, I don't know. I, you doubled down on it, and I respect it. I was now nah, you're I've hating been, on my pick. I've been you shut, very you shut wrong. Your mouth. I have been. I am hating <laughs> on your pick. I, I've been very wrong on the Pistons but, so far this year because they're actually competitive, and I thought they. I had the under. So like I don't know, but I just can't trust them. I don't know. Part of the reason I picked them is because their number to me just seems low. 38 and right. a half. I think they they're a 500, 500 team in the Eastern Conference, without a doubt. That's fair. That's yeah, fair. For, I, I, I'm on team. I'm on team Frank with this one. I mean, that was the pick. I was gonna. I wasn't gonna double down. But I was gonna change it. I picked the under for them. I was gonna switch it to the over. Um, you know, everything Frank said. They got good pieces. Drummond's not gonna be the guy that gets out there and gets you buckets. But 38 feels low for them. I gotta switch that. They're on their skid right now, but I believe in them. Look at over that. Uh, and then I'll just move on to I'm doubling down on my lock. Uh, it's an, I guess it's a double lock, double down on. Yeah, there should be some kind of wording for that. But the Pacers, right, who's, I had them who's, who's as like a lock moving furniture for the over. over. Yeah, it sounds like somebody. <laughs> Everything all right over there? Wait, what, what did it sound like? I don't know. It sounded like someone, someone was, was mo- moving, throwing their mic against the wall or something. <laughs> uh, I was looking for my nail clipper, so it might have been my mic hitting <laughs> right against my chest, but right I got now. it. Dude, you're, you're looking for your nail clipper right now. <laughs> I got some dirt under my fingernails, homie. I want to get it out. You know. <laughs> I respect it, man. Hygiene, bro. I feel you. Gotta respect the hustle. Gotta keep it clean. Hell yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Bab, you said you're doubling yeah, down. <laughs> yeah, I'm doubling down on my lock with the Pacers at the over. 31 is absurdly low for the Pacers. Um, where they're at right now, they're getting a lot of different uh, people involved. Your boy was was Bo, was it Boban, your boy, or Boyan? Who who, did, who were you high on? Boyan. Oh yeah, yeah, dude, he's he's playing really well. He's killing it, playing a lot of good minutes for them. And then the big guy I was high on is just Old Depot, and he's been doing his thing. We talked about that trade earlier, but I, I mean, they're gonna win at least 40, 45 games. Yeah, honestly though, shout out Bab. Bab has been steadfast on saying Old Depot has talent. Like I remember, like Orlando Magic. Dude, that guy can and Bab play. was like, "Yo, that guy, yeah, for real." Like you've been saying that for years, and like it took him time. You know what I I thought about today with Old Depot? He is kind of the epitome now of what might be a true one and done. A guy who comes out out of college, he, he was he was one and done, correct? Yeah. No, nah, he was a, he came out at the three. Junior? Oh wow, Junior. jeez, uh, how wrong could I be on that one then? But either way, like <laughs> one of these college players who comes out is not ready. And over time, like, just gets better and better and better. Dude, he had four I mean, different that's, that's coaches stuff. in four years. The, the like, how are you supposed Orlando's to get comfortable and learn a system and learn how you're supposed to play in the NBA if every year you got someone telling you something different? Dude, it's just literally been since his time at Indiana. Like, when I would just watch him, it was it was almost just like there was kind of just like a like a it factor. Like when I when I would watch him play from from college, like he. There's just something about it that just got me excited and, and kind of was like, this guy's going to be a good player. And it seems to, you know, he seems to finally be taken off. I think I'm going to ride him to fame the way Brian Windhorse rode LeBron James <laughs> to fame. <laughs> also, you know, I don't think it's a big surprise. It's not a big surprise to me that he's way better without Billy Donovan as a head coach because that guy's a trash head coach. Is he on the hot seat right now? He, I can't see how he's not right. He's got to be. They're off. There was just so it was just so stagnant. Their whole offense tonight. Well, it's, I mean, no one was making shots, but it just they didn't know what to do. It just they looks no bad. It just looks bad. They're not and, enjoyable to watch. Yeah, no. and they have like some of the most exciting players in the league. Like when you look at past highlights and stuff, like. Thinking about how many Russell Westbrook games me. I watched last year compared to this year is like right? it's amazing. It's yeah, amazing. you're so right. And I've been saying Mellow's this the past fault. couple of weeks. I'm sorry that I stole this and took this this way, but like, Billy Donovan's got to go. All right. All right. Who's got to who? Real quick. Who's got to go first? I wait. What? Oh. Billy. Billy Donovan, Tibbs, or Doc Rivers? Oh, Doc oh Rivers. my God. No, Billy Donovan. Honestly, Billy Donovan's the only one working with a full roster of healthy players. That's that true. Should win. He, he's the only one like, that matters. Yeah, like the other two guys, like Blake Griffin's gone. Oh, and, yeah, and no, that's and a good point. Beverly's gone. Like, it's hard to judge a coach when he doesn't have a complete team. But the Thunder have a complete team, and they can't do shit. Billy Donovan sucks. Get him the fuck out of there. Bye-bye, Billy. I can't wait until they fire Billy Donovan and nothing changes. Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Frank said it, so it's coming tomorrow. That's facts. Yeah, right? That's what happened with the Earl Watson stuff. Yep. Don't sleep on us, outsiders crowd. Yeah, we know. The outsiders so outside they'd be inside. <laughs> Bro, I'd be incepting dreams and stuff. I'm gonna go to Sam Presti's house while he's sleeping and go into his dream. <laughs> Fire Billy Donovan. <laughs> now I'm just picturing a Rick and Morty episode with the the guy who's chasing around just says bitch all the time. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> shit, what the fuck is that good? Oh, man, it's too funny. <laughs> wow, we're bad fans. Well, anyway, I got I to gotta make my picks here because we're, we're still only on the Eastern Conference, so we got to get to the West, too. I will probably spend a little less time there. But I'm going to go with the team that gets no love, and they deserve a little more love. Uh, I'm switching up on the Toronto Raptors. I had under for the 48-and-a-half, and I see this Toronto Raptor team just comfortable beating the entire Eastern Conference outside of the Cavs, Celtics, and then occasionally you know, they'll split with the Wizards, they'll split with the Bucks, whatever. But I, I like them against basically everybody else. I, I think they're really good. They've adapted. DeMar Rosen shooting threes and passing the ball. I love it. Um, I, I like watching the Raptors this year, man. I'm, I'm switching to an over on them. Uh, don't say we didn't give them any love because I had them an over. Just saying. No, I said people Ex- give them no love, like in general. Uh, like they don't get uh, uh, many shouts. Uh, yeah, I had them at the over, but I'm still going to give them no love just because I, I still don't like watching them. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Actually, I'm looking like, at it right now. I've been trying more and more recently, and I just still can't get into it. You guys you're actually the only all had on there, Pete. Yeah. You're, you're you're throwing shade at the people who were hating on him. You were one of them. You were actually one of Demar Rosen's biggest haters. So I'm pointing this finger right back at you. You're talking about yourself right now. That that is like <laughs> unbelievably fair. Like I was throwing shade at Demar Derozan, but I've been I've been open with saying that he has changed and the things I didn't like about his game. He's working like he's working on it. He's passing more and he's shooting threes. That's all I wanted him to do. He's sick. Like he's so much fun to watch. He's the most fun person on that team easily. I mean, he's By talented far. as hell. Uh when he just incorporates the team a little better and pulls up from 3, like he's had a clean jump shot his whole career. I didn't never understood why he didn't shoot threes. Now he's showing that he can do it a little bit. He's shooting like maybe uh 3 or 4 a game when he shot two a game last year. Slow and steady. I, I like I like me some DeMar DeRozan this year. I feel that. I feel right. that. Well, um, also because you guys all have them at over, and I'm just joining the bandwagon apparently, uh, I'll switch to my double down. And I almost double down, um, even though we mentioned the Brooklyn Nets have all these injuries, we're going to keep them out of this. I almost felt comfortable doubling down on the Nets anyway, but I, uh, I'm i not going to do that. What I am <laughs> going to do instead is I am going to double down on – wait, Duff, did you double down on the Miami Heat? Or did you yeah. switch that? No, he switched. I flipped. All right. He switched from well, over to under. Just for so. argument's sake, I am actually going to double down on the Cleveland Cavaliers. I had them at over 53 and a half wins. They're rolling. I don't see them to stop much. LeBron James will take his rest, but when he's on the court, he's showing that he cares enough to want to win every game. So, yeah, he's going to take his rest, but when he's out there, they're going to win more often than not over 54. Like yeah, well, real quick, back to the under or to the switch that I wanted to make that I missed, and the teams are right next to each other in the over under line. Freaking the Charlotte Hornets. We pretty I don't know what Frank picked for this. Um, but I picked everyone, over. I picked over. Okay, yeah, we all picked over. They were forty two and a half wins. They are currently sitting at ten wins, a third of the way through the season. So they're on pace to win thirty games, and they are two and ten on the road. Mm-hmm. Two so they're about to be two and eleven because they're going to lose to the Rockets tonight. So it's fair to say we're over four on the Charlotte Hornets right oh, now. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that and, was and that was the other one. The, I, I, I saw late. And I my watched. official pick is Muff. <laughs> yeah. So no, I, I love it. We're all, we're all on the on the uh, the wrong train on that one. Also, yeah. before we leave the Eastern Conference, shout out Sixers. Everybody had them under, but me and they are on pace to win over. So um, yeah, actually, not are, a lot are yet, they, but definitely on pace. Are, 
Are they? Yep, they're on pace to win 42 games. The over-under was 41 and a half. You locked them at the under. Don't think I forget this stuff. I know I locked them at the under. I was thinking about double down, but I think, I don't know. They're on pace for 42, 42 right now. I'd agree with you if Embiid was playing the rest of those games, but he's got to sit out, like, what, at least 10 more before the season's over? Dude, Porzingis is going to come up with another phantom injury by the end of this year, too. Oh, you shut your mouth. You don't wish (laughs) somebody. I wasn't wishing injury upon the man. I was just saying he was going to sit 10 games because he sits for no reason. <laughs> That's fair. Come on. Got to manage that load. Slow you know, for Tibbs. Man. Oh, man. No. man. Wait, wait, wait. Matt, hold up, hold up, hold up. I got something really important. I got something really important. Breaking news? Yeah, this is breaking news. I wish I had my sound bar messed, like, set up. I would say something. but So, Joel Embiid has been resting games for load management. But after this week and Jen Selter sliding back in the DMs, I think Porzingis needs some load management. <laughs> I think he's got his load management, man. Yeah, yeah I think like he just got, got that problem solved. Yeah. This is the second time we've seen Chris Stapps in like a little Instagram cat and mouse game with a model before it was Abigail Rashford. Now it's Jen Selter. And- wait, wait, don't forget, it was Rihanna when he was a rookie. He like got on draft night. He was... It was basically draft night. He was hitting up Rihanna. Like, <laughs> yeah, but that, shot, he got but he got no response on that one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. again, he's getting love back from Celter. So this is his city now. Now you know. Now you yeah, know New York is that, this. Uh, I I honestly I don't know why. It's probably because he gets retweeted into my timeline so often. I didn't need to. I never followed Worldwide Wob until he became Chris Stapp's like unofficial unselfish wingman just tweeting at Jen Seltzer all day pictures of Chris Stapps and videos that's hilarious it's just so funny and it's so fitting like Chris Stapps is slowly but surely becoming the king of New York and man that's got to be the coolest thing in the world you can do whatever you want when you're the king of New York Chris Stapps (laughs) is going after all these models and and Mello was just you know sticking to the strippers Right, Eddie's with the strippers, and Chris Dobbs is with the models. Tell me you won that trade. Just off that alone. Oh my God, who knows what Enos Cantor's doing out there? Damn. Well, <laughs> shout out Zingus. Shout out. Shout out Embiid. Shout out Embiid. Um, and also shout out, shout out Jen, Jen Selter. Selter. Yeah, shout out Jen Selter. Of course, she's been getting like tons of shout outs. Like, actually, if you have a moment, just click on her Twitter. And look at any tweet relating to basketball. Are like, yo, every mention she gets is about Porzingis or a gif of Porzingis. And, yo, it's actually- <laughs> Yeah, I feel like the entire NBA community is just cock blocking him so bad right now. She'll post a picture of like her morning cup of Joe, and it's all of a sudden, you know, Zingis slides well, in. With the that? <laughs> I mean, he did drop 37 and had like, what? Yeah, he had like a historic five night. blocks in front of her when she came to sit courtside. So, I mean, she's the first player in NBA history to have like 37 points, like at least 10 rebounds, at least five, five blocks, threes. and three threes. Yeah, it was, I saw that. That was, it was, it's a weird stat. Like, who takes tallies of that? But like, still, impressive, five you know? blocks and five threes. Like, that's, that's what makes it stick out, I think. It was a, it was it was quite the performance, and to do it in front of such a an incredible heiny was <laughs> <laughs> was you know breathtaking to say the least. Did, did you guys see the the pictures of of uh like like Spike Lee's looking at 
LeVar Ball going crazy on the <laughs> sidelines. Like, when Spike Lee is giving you the side eye, like, dude, calm down. You're acting fucking crazy right now. Then you know. Like, you know you're, you're a fucking nut job. Uh, they dapped each other up eventually, though. No, I know, but it was just funny the looks he gave them. Like, I, I saw somewhere on Twitter, it was like, that is the literal embodiment of that Spider-Man meme where he's yeah. pointing at himself. Yeah. And I cracked up laughing because it couldn't be more true. But... I got to say, Lonzo, uh, I'm just speaking of the ball family, Lonzo actually played really well for his first game in the Mecca of basketball. Um, also threw down a pretty cool alley-oop and gave the camera a little little love after. It was pretty funny. Yeah, it was um, a good, that was a good look. I'm still in on him. I don't know why I'm going this way or why we're talking about this. It's probably because he just gets so much hate, and he's getting even more after that stupid shirty war. But yeah. that guy's a baller, man. He is. T's and P's to his freaking brothers in Lithuania. Yeah, for real. Dude, <laughs> yeah, what was that? Selling them meat out of the trunk. Yeah, Frank. What was that? <laughs> what was that picture you sent of a tweet? Fran Frischilla tweeted just like four facts from a former NBA player who played under the coach that the Ball brothers are going to play under. And one was like he runs a freewheeling pick and roll offense. The two is like he screams the entire game. I forget what three I, I, was, but but I four got was it right here. What's up? I got it. We, re- <laughs> we actually retweeted it from our from Early our account. sells meat out of the trunk of his car to players or to... <laughs> <laughs> the the wording from Fran Fischilla on Twitter with 280 characters nonetheless. He said some a prominent former American player who played for the Ball Brothers new coach said that said these things. One, competent coach, freewheeling pick and roll offense. That's pretty cool. Number two, speaks no English. Number three, <laughs> Screams the entire game, and number four sold meat out of his car trunk to his players after practice. And then Fran felt the need to write in, "I swear." <laughs> <laughs> so that's and no joke. Oh I feel God. like that perfectly sums it up, right there. Bro, T's and P's to Leangelo and Lamelo. Like, <laughs> I've, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely concerned for those two young men. There goes your G League uh, revival hopes with the Ball family, too, man. Nah, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. LaMelo's <laughs> still got, like, three more years until he was supposed to go to college, so. Nah, he's, he's, he, he would be a junior, right? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, because not- if Zion is a senior, he would, he's, he would be a junior. He's technically a high school dropout. Yeah, I guess he's not going to get his high school diploma. How's he going to get his GED while he's in Lithuania? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he'll get the Lithuanian equivalent. Who knows? Well, I think we got. You didn't think they were supposed to be balling out in in like Southern California, UCLA, and then all of a sudden, look at them, just in Lithuania. It's got to be like thirty to thirty degrees or lower in in December, January, February, instead of just being like big man on campus at UCLA. Yeah, man. Or high school. Like even if even if Leangelo Ball wasn't gonna be playing, he's still Leangelo Ball. Like he's still gonna be a big deal on that campus. Oh, 100%. But, you know, maybe they get some Mendaugas Kuzminskis love down there. You know, Facts. never know. Shout out, <laughs> shout out Kuz, though. Shout out Mendaugas. Someone um, sign my mans. God damn it. <laughs> I know real. y'all need a shooter out there. Bucks, specifically, I'm looking at you. Every Knicks fan sign will a shooter. Damn, B. Man. Uh, we All can, right. we can so, move to the Western Conference. Yeah, yeah speaking real, of the West Coast, let's. let's <laughs> All right, thoughts and prayers to the Ball Brothers. Wait, what I want to say, wait, real quick, real quick, because Frank actually started off actually talking about something real for a second there. I'm all in with you, Frank, bro. Lonzo Ball is fine. I've been trying to tell everybody, like, 
this is a, such a normal progression through a rookie season for a 19, 20-year-old. Like, it is... It makes so much sense. And if, if he's so bad, like some people are trying to make it out, like he's struggling so much, he needs to change his shot. Oh, my God, oh, my God. Like my man is averaging 9, 7, and 7 as a rookie. Like even if you're on a bad team, which the Lakers actually compete surprisingly, and you're just filling the stat sheet, like he shows so many good qualities on the court. Like it pisses me off that people just break down his every move. He is going on such a normal rookie progression. He's going to be so fine. I'm not worried for a heartbeat. I need to get that off my chest. More. I'm sorry. I need to get it off my chest. Um, so, so it's like that um, "Leave Britney Alone" video, except <laughs> Pete Alonzo. Leave Big Baller alone. Dude, I, I'm wearing my Big Baller brand hat right now. Actually, <laughs> uh, I, I'm ready to go with Western Conference if we're ready to move. By the way, for yeah. sure. I don't actually have a Big Baller hat, but yeah, uh, Frank, take us to your first uh, Western Conference picks. All right. So just like the Eastern Conference, I'm going to go with my switch first. Uh, I actually believe the teams are in the same spot in the preseason like thing, which is kind of weird. But I had an over for the Dallas Mavericks, which Jesus Christ, I couldn't Yuck. have been more wrong on. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna under that, and I'm gonna double down, and um, <laughs> and then I'm gonna double down again because that team is ass. So um, yeah, that's that's my uh, that's my switch. The Mavericks suck. The only bright spot is Dennis Smith Jr. Harrison Barnes seems to be like this kind of bust of a main role kind of guy. Um, needs all stars around him to be good. Um, Wait, quick side note for we're doing these over unders. So everyone picked over for the Thunder, which you know, hand up, we all, we suck at that one. And then three out of four of us, shout out Pete for getting this one right, picked over for the Clippers. So obviously. Seems like those two are going to be wrong unless the Thunder like really somehow get it together and start clicking. But yeah, but I feel like the Clippers those one are even discounted. Count. So if people are wondering why we're not talking about those. Those are discounted. Also, especially you know, I, wait, 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 wait. I was going to talk about the Clippers. I was just going to say I was going to change the Clippers to an under. But are we throwing nah, them out? No. They're out, dude. They they're missing three of their best four players. They're missing. That's, that's not that's yeah, not a real pick. They're missing yeah, their starting so point guard, their like, backup point guard. Literally starting point guard, backup point guard, small forward, and power forward all out. Yeah, that sucks. Um, and now I'm looking for my lock. You're double which down. Which is tough in the Western Conference because it's so competitive. And some of these teams have weird numbers as I'm looking over it again. But uh, I'm going to go with the there. league pass team and this team that I've just been loving watching this season. Everybody they put on the court produces and plays and has something fun about their game that I enjoy watching. Uh, I'm going to lock my over for the Denver Nuggets. Nice. I think they're uh, that's a, that's a bold move because of the Jokic just coming back from injury, I think, this week, and Millsap's out, but they still play a good brand of basketball, man. I like watching I, them, too. The thing, like, yeah, they, they lost Millsap, but they didn't give anything up to get Millsap, so they're still as good a team as they were last year. And I feel like Jamal Murray is a little bit better. Emmanuel Moutier is a little bit better. Um, Trey Lyles is finally yes, playing a little bit. Say, like he, can, he can play. Um, Willie B. Buckets, I say this all the time. He's one of my favorite players in the NBA. Just fun to watch. Gary Harris, a kind of slept-on player. So, yeah, I, I'm still bought in on this Nuggets team. I think they're better than some of these teams ahead of them and a lot better than some of these teams behind them. That's legit, and their number is uh, 45 and a half, just to put that out there. I, I, 
me and me and uh, who me and Duff had the under on the Nuggets, and you and Bab had the over. Now Frank's doubling down. So Bab, since you agreed on the over with Frank, uh, let's go to you. What's your changeup and your double down for the West? Yes, for the West, I am going to double down first. I'm going to double down on the Memphis Grizzlies, and that's an easy one. They've kind of times right now fired their coach. Marcus Saul's been in some trade rumors lately. Uh, their number was 37 and a half. They're sitting at the bottom, the way, way bottom of the Western Conference. So I think that's an easy lock right there with the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, they just don't look very good. And then my change is going to be the Houston Rockets. They're currently playing. They're beating Charlotte by about 20. And they're going to win more than what was the number 55 and a half games. Chris Paul's come back. This is going to be their 12th straight. Uh, they're looking really good. I think they're going to really pick it up more than they have, I guess. <laughs> and uh, they're going to start rolling with it. So the Houston Rockets, that's an easy change for me. I'm going over with them. And I'm pretty sure you all picked the over too. So Shout out I'm Eric just Gordon. to go with you. Shout out no, Eric Gordon for sure. Pete, Pete had the under with you. Oh, on Pete, yeah, Pete was the under with me. I did, and for uh, argument's sake, I won't switch the Rockets, even though I obviously just would. It's a smart move. Yeah. And 55 and a half, might have, they might obliterate that. They're on fire right now. For real. Uh, but just yeah. to pick I got a, a, I got a hot take for you post-picks. Post oh, I like, to, I like to tease. All right, well, for my first thing, I'm actually going to do my um, – I'm going to do my double down first and my double down is the portland trailblazers they're at 42 and a half and i look at this team and i just like i do actually have strong confidence they're going to be over 500 so unless they're only one game over 500 i feel pretty good about hitting them on the over like i I think cj and dame are just too good um and with teams like the clippers thunder nuggets being about the same range as the trailblazers i trust them to you know, just beat up on the little guys, beat up on the Eastern Conference, and and hit over five hundred. Quick note on that one: we all have the over on that one, so ah. I guess we're all kind of in on that with you. Damn, I feel like I should pick a different one, but whatever. I'm all no, in. No, I like it. I like it. It's a good lock because it's not. It's not. A, we're, none of us have it locked. So facts. Um, and then my change, my change up for the Western Conference is going to be. I'm not going to do the Rockets, obviously. So I'm going to go with the Pelicans. And I hate saying it because uh, I actually was like really out on them in the beginning of the year. But Boogie and Anthony Davis, this is another situation where now 30 games into the season, we're like, yo, Boogie's been sick. Anthony Davis is still really good. They're kind of making it work. Before the season, I was still like, they don't have any shooters on their roster. Can these two big men work? And I was down, down, down. Now Rondo's back. He's playing decent. I actually kind of like watching the Pelicans. I'm going to switch to the over, and they're at 39 and a half. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about switching that one, too. I, I don't hate it. <clears throat> the team that I'm going to switch, I had the over. We all had the over, actually. And for the Utah Jazz, 41 games, exactly 500. Don't sleep. We all picked the over. Right now, they're 13 of 14. And I just think they're going to end up missing the playoffs by a game. Because right now the Thunder are still not in the playoffs. And I can't, as much shit as I give this team, they just have too much talent to not even make the playoffs. So it did, still doesn't say that make the Jazz under 500, I guess. But I, 
I just don't think down the stretch when teams have things figured out completely and they're playing better basketball, if and like their best player is a rookie, Donovan Mitchell has been unreal. He's been really awesome for them. But if your best player is a rookie and I just don't really see you being a playoff team. Not like not to throw shade at rookies who have done awesome things, but just historically, right. it doesn't feel like oh, like a, a winning. Is this only for the Western Conference? Because you seem pretty confident in the Sixers. Yeah, I was gonna bring that up. Not trying to like. I'm not trying to like poke holes. I'm just literally asking. No, I think it's well. Like, they, I think they have just better pieces around them there. Like if. If you look at Simmons is like a, a special rookie. Like he's a yeah. special talent. He, he's probably going to be an all-star. And Embiid yeah. <clears throat> is like still kind of a rookie. I mean, he's only played like 50 games in his career. He's but a hands-down like, all-star this year. Yeah, hands-down all-star this year. Rocco has been absolute sniper. J.J. Redick's been a great addition for their scoring. You know, they just – are a different team with a different mentality, I think, in a slightly easier conference. So that that changes a little. Like well, if, if they were if they were like flip them with the Jazz. So let's say they're the eighth seed with the same record that they have and the Thunder are still right there. Like I think the Thunder will finish the season with a better record than the Sixers too. Yeah, and I I'd agree. I just wanted to see like if it was kind of like because we hold the Western Conference in such high regard, which, you know, over the past few seasons, history kind of proves that we should. So I was just seeing if it was like a, conference a combination, disparity combination or, of that or rookie and, disparity. Yeah. Yeah, a combination of that and the rookie disparity, I think. Mm-hmm. Even though it They're seems technic- like teams are really starting to figure out Ben Simmons. Like well, if, if they don't have Rocco and JJ on the court at the same time to space the floor, the, they just pack the lane so tight. Word. I don't even think Simmons isn't even a true rookie too. So him and that, like Mitchell, the Jazz Sixer situation there is kind That's of. That's true. He had that. He had that phantom G League year where he just yeah. practiced. This just is gonna be. Watch. This is gonna he, be he was a those... professional basketball player. He didn't play any game. This, yeah, <laughs> real. Yeah, there's, uh, gonna, there's gonna be one of those years where it's like the runner up to the rookie of the year is going to be the more interesting debate. And that's just like what it's going to be. Right. Cause yeah. unless they change the rule where if you sit out the year, you're not eligible for rookie of the year. Like mm. Ben Simmons is going to win obviously. And we're going to talk more about the runner up because it's going to be between Tatum and Mitchell. And you know, you, you know, a team that's weird right now is the bulls. They beat the Knicks last week. They beat the Celtics without on a four game winning streak. They just right beat now. the jazz last night. Like the, I think the jazz like, can beat anybody, right? Like they went on that, crazy little six-game streak where they're dominating teams, and then they go into Chicago and lose to the Bulls. So, like, I don't know. I don't know. It was on a last-second shot, though, so it was kind of like, I'm not going to say it was fluky, but, like, it wasn't, like, a a decided win for the Bulls. Like, Chris Dunn hit a pull-up jumper to win the game, so. Dude, the the Miritich-Portis thing has been wild. Like, now they're fist-bumping after they're hitting threes and stuff. I'm like... Dude, you were winning cures in the everything. hospital a couple weeks ago. Winning cures yeah, but I feel like everything. The you know, like, their teammates, their lives. it happens. I'm sure, like, he definitely has apologized. Like, how could you not have? And he served a suspension. Like, how much longer are you going to be mad at a teammate for a mistake? You know? Yeah, yeah you got to yeah, kind of just suck it up and play ball. Like, yeah, you hear stories about what, what Steve Kerr punching Michael Jordan in the face during practice. Like, shit happens. Wasn't it the other way around? Yeah, I was going to say, I think Michael Jordan punched Steve Kerr. Was yeah. it that way? I thought it was the other way. No. Nah. 
Dude, Dude, you someone don't got punched in the you face on that team and they won the championship. When you're Steve Kerr, are you kidding me? Do you want to die? <laughs> yeah, apparently on, that's part real. of the reason why Ooh, Michael cool. liked Steve though, because he had no problem like standing up and talking like talking to him. Exactly. You know? Like I was gonna say, either way, that's a win for Steve Kerr because either he punched Michael Jordan in the face or he was able to get under Michael Jordan's skin so much that he got punched in the face. Yep. Um, um, Steve Kerr also one of the legendary like post championship moments at their parade for one of the championships when he the game the year he hit the game winning shot, he went on the podium in front of the entire city of Chicago. He's like, yeah, I just went there in timeout. I was like, you guys got to give me the ball. <laughs> <laughs> you obviously uh, have to give me the ball here. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> uh, man, Duff, do you have one more pick to make? Uh, yeah, I'm supposed to double down. I'm supposed to double down on something right here. You can take the page out of Frank's book and just dis- describe your train of thought while you're trying to pick your uh, double down. Yeah, I mean, all my picks got taken. I was going to take the... <laughs> Good I job. was going to switch one. the Pelicans. You took that. I was going to double down on the on Memphis, who I already has a lot. I already had as a lock for the under anyway. So there's uh, a boring team at the top of the table that you have a good pick on. Who the Spurs? Yeah. Well, yeah, we all picked over on that one. All right, yeah, I'll double down on that one just because it's obvious they got what they're twenty. They're nineteen and nine. So nineteen and nine, and they started the whole season began without Kawhi Leonard. It's yeah, so, it's yeah, pretty impressive. It's something to talk actually, about. Are the Spurs better without Kawhi Leonard? Oh, well, uh, <laughs> yes, they're yes. on a losing streak. Absolutely, yeah. they're trash. Kawhi Leonard shot. He has nothing left in his legs. They were nine and one in their last in their last <laughs> ten. Now they're eight and two. He can only handle sixteen minutes. Are you kidding me? I think, in all. Honestly, Kawhi will always be one of the players that, regardless of what kind of team he's on or whatever, makes the team better every time he's on the court. No, I would no agree question. with that. Yeah, it's no like he's it. people call him a robot, and it's for good reason. Like he's just he he does the right thing, and he makes the right play, and he gets all he, time, dude. Yeah, he he just he's efficient with his movement and his decision making. Like he 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 doesn't do like fancy dribble moves, but he gets a he gets by people, he hits threes. He just gets better every year somehow. So, you know, we haven't seen him so far. I wonder if the trend is going to continue. Hopefully it does. I just, Hopefully he does have an – if he has another level to his game, that would be a really exciting. I'm, uh, I'm waiting for also, him to hit the karate chop oh, on somebody. Yes. <laughs> oh, that was Shout ridiculous. Was he trying to be funny? Was, no, was I, that I, real I, wood? Why was he in a I, class with only six-year-olds? I have so <laughs> many questions about the video. He is the most unintentionally funny person I think that ever lived. And it, it's, it has nothing to do with, like, him or what he does. It's just, like, the the podium he has, like, the, the platform he has, and just his personality of being such a shy, like, non-responsive almost kind of person. And it's it just fits so perfectly with, like, the robot mentality. It's so funny. I sent a video in the in the Instagram group chat. And Kawhi Leonard's at like a karate clinic with a bunch of little kids, like Duff said, and he's just breaking pieces of wood, and he's got the, like the most blank expression and the most like bland toned voice while he speaks. It's it's just phenomenal. It's yeah, great. I know what we need. We need What's Kawhi Leonard teammates with Clay Thompson. Come on. Oh, that's perfect. That would, that would honestly. Oh be- my god, we need we need Kawhi to take a trip with Clay to China. Yeah, that would be oh hilarious. Oh my god, Kawhi to start hanging out with Kawhi Leonard. That would be great. That'd be so lit. Like Kawhi, I'm just picturing Clay Thompson like walking up to the podium, like taking the Gatorade bottle, spiking it on the floor. Kawhi just picking it up and putting it back on the table. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just totally apologize. Like, I want to apologize. 
I want to apologize on behalf uh, of my teammates. Sorry, Gatorade. <laughs> so wait, Kawhi, aren't you sponsored by Powerade? Yeah, but I like to be nice to people. <laughs> it's like no one should be that ugly. No uh, need for that. That's yeah, he's gonna he's gonna make uh, Clay Thompson just look like a loose cannon. By the way, yeah. another team that I almost I almost decided to double down on just because like I realized they've been winning more games than I expected. But that was with really bad expectations. The Kings, I was about to double down on the over for the Kings. <laughs> but it's because it's 27 and a half. Uh, but I still like didn't feel comfortable about that. Even though I yeah, locked it still, up. Yeah, they're still they're on pace to win 27 exactly. So maybe. Uh, maybe. So, so I teased it earlier. I got a hot take. Oh, are, yes. are y'all ready? Last thing for the pot. I'm ready. Okay. This, this is hot. But... I'm going to say it now. I'm, I'm going to stick with it through it the whole way. You can call me a hater. You can say whatever. But the Rockets will beat the Warriors and represent the Western Conference in the finals this year. You're already you, you're hopping, on, you're hopping on that right now? I'm hopping on it right now because when it starts coming to fruition, I want to be the guy that's like, I was on it back there, fam. You I feel I saying? respect that. And... And, you know, I'm saying this, honestly, I believe it. Like, I've been watching more Rockets games since Chris Paul came back. I didn't really watch without. Um, Not really sure why. I'm not really a big Chris Paul fan. Um, But, man, they just look so good. And in terms of just, like, the way you want your team to look, um, to me, they're more reminiscent of, like, an older-style dynasty team in the NBA where... They have their two clear-cut guys, but everybody else around them is kind of like a role player, and they just get the job done, and they do what they need to do, and they just fit so perfectly together. Like They just have shooters on top of shooters on top of shooters around James Harden and Chris Paul, who are two of the best guards in the league at you know slashing and getting the ball out or you know throwing lobs to their incredibly athletic young big, Clint Capella. I just Most think efficient they, player of all time, Clint Capella. I really just think they, right. they have the perfect build for for the players and the system and everything. It's just a 100% match. It is. I read something today, and it said, it was on the Rockets, said, how many times can you take the ball out of your Hall of Fame point guard's hands and put it into your Hall of Fame point guard's hands? <laughs> wow. That was, so, that was the thing at the, at the beginning of the season when people are like, you know, will this team work, blah, blah, blah. And the thing, I was buying into them early on, like before the season started, because I heard something on the Ringer NBA show where Kevin Kevin O'Connor, he said, you know, th- this team is going to have 48 minutes worth. Like if they staggered the minutes this mm-hmm. way, they could have 48 minutes worth of Hall of Fame point guard play, like every game. Yep. In, a, in a guards they league? Have, they have the two in my opinion, they have the two best half-court guards in the entire league. And there's nothing but shooters around them. And there's nothing but shooters around them, and that's so scary. And they see guys off the dribble, and then it's a lob to Capella. It's a three for Ryan Anderson. It's a three for Ariza or Gordon. Shout out Eric Gordon, too. He's been good this year. He's been unreal. Six man of the year, shout out. Isn't he not starting right now? Is he might be starting, but I don't know. Six man of the year. Wait, Frank, 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 I have one thing that might make you a little nervous with this pick. What's up? I have one thing that might make you a little nervous with this pick. Say it. Chris Paul can't beat the Warriors. Yeah, he cannot. I was going to say that too. But 
I think James Harden can. Oh. I think James Harden is actually making a serious push. Like, I used to have it in my mind as LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard as top three in the league. James Harden is making it so hard for me to say that he is not one of the three best players in the league right now. Yeah, it's hard to change that list because we haven't seen Kawhi. So you can't, I mean, you could change it and then you're like, oh, but we haven't really seen him. Until LeBron is done, he's my one. He's my one. I'm just going to say, I'm not going to disagree there, but like, in all honesty, would I rather have Kevin Durant or James Harden? That's a debate. That's a debate. That's 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 a debate. That is a real debate. So... You're very right. And next week on the NBA Outsiders, Harden (laughs) versus Durant. (laughs) But, like, seriously, I I truly believe in James Harden. The guy has done nothing but ball since he's been the the head man in the Rockets. I mean, he's an amazing player. He's so fun to watch. That team is straight up nasty. Somebody who can just do what he does and literally get a bucket, get points, get to the line – Whenever he wants, alongside somebody like Paul, who's like you said, been one of the best half court offense point guards in the NBA for the last decade, like it's dangerous. And You're it, right. It's You're it's, right. it's almost been forced upon him too. Like when teams play the the hack of DeAndre, which they did all the time when he was in uh, L.A., mm-hmm. it forces you to run half court offense because when he's not being fat, like you know, the game just slows down completely. So he's had so much time doing it. James Harden is just, you, you can't stand in front of the guy. So honestly, it doesn't matter if it's half court or full court. The guy is one of the best players in the league, one of the best point guards in the league. Yeah, flat Pete, out. You, bring, you bring up the point that, and I, that I agree with. Like I was, I was thinking the same thing was uh, Chris Paul, you know, he can't, he can't beat the Warriors. But th- we talk about this all the time. Like, can player X be the best player in a championship team? Like, can Melo be the best player on a championship team? Now that's clearly, obviously, like that can't be the case anymore. And it's clear that it never was the case. So now for Chris Paul, you know, could he be the best player on a championship team for a long time? People said yes. And then it's looking like the case is no. And it, it's okay now because he's he's on a team where he doesn't have to be the best player. He's got James Harden. Um, wow. This has been a good one. This has been fun. Indeed. Love it. Doesn't sound always like fun. Guys, doesn't sound like you guys had much fun. No, nah, yeah, it's always it. fun. Yeah, yeah it I actually, I actually had a good time on this one. I like. It's always a good one when I got to mute my mic because I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> Dude, that happens a couple times. Then yeah. <laughs> there's always that one time where Bab, you just mute your mic like anyway when you're just talking. Dude, that's. <laughs> that happened one time. <laughs> yeah, it did happen one time today. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Oh, man. Well, this has been the NBA Outsiders. Don't forget to let us know what you guys think. We got a new review today. It's from our friend Chris Bellman. We mentioned it before. He said we're full of hot take guys. Well, Frank gave you one tonight. Frank gave you the hot take that you probably didn't hear anywhere else because that's what we do at the NBA Outsiders. We tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. And Frank told you that you need to know the Rockets are going to take the Warriors. Take them right out of the West Conference. Well, according to Frank, at least. But anyway, this has been the NBA Outsiders. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. For Frank, but for Frank Buff and Dab, I was about to say, woo. For Frank Duff and Dab, my name is Pete. Thank you for guys for tuning in and taking time out of your day to listen to what we have to say. Cheers. <laughs>